0: You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Drinkies Cast with J.A. Jabs, a podcast about the pro baseball experience one drink at a time. I'm your host, Justin Jabs. Uh, It's been a little while since I've come to you from this particular set of airwaves. Uh, I think the last time I recorded was uh, through the Hummus God suggestions, uh, his donation to the NAACP to plan out my episode uh, back there in September. Uh, It was right before the season 19 playoffs, so that was a long time ago. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm here. I'm back today uh, trying to get that uh, double media bonus that uh, Jay Cortezi put out there. Uh, I think the deadline is tonight. Uh, it's one o'clock here on Sunday, so we got plenty of time. Uh, as per usual, before we get to the on-topic pro baseball experience goodness, I have a beer that we're going to try. Uh, so this is a blueberry wheat ale from Reed City Brewing Company, uh, which is actually in Michigan. Uh, so let's crack this one open. and take a sip very nice so this beer is uh, actually a crowler that I picked up about a week and a half ago um, I use an app uh, called untapped um, which is uh, it's like the Foursquare for beer uh, if anyone remembers back when Foursquare was like checking in uh, what you're doing um, you know like the Facebook statuses all that stuff Essentially, you can uh, check in whatever beers you have, you can rate it, um, you can write yourself a little bit of notes, take a picture, there's a uh, social media aspect to to it, you can share it on social, Um, and it's just a way to kind of keep track of different things that you try. Obviously, as you folks know by listening to this podcast before, uh, I like to try a bunch of new different kinds of beers, not very adventurous when it comes to food, but I do enjoy um, tasting different beers and kind of learning more about the styles and uh, what goes into actually making these uh, so I've been using the Untapped app for about seven years, and they did a special collaboration. Uh, long story short, um, called "I Remember My First Check-in." Uh, there was a lot on the East Coast, uh, but the only place in the Midwest that I could track down that had this special beer that I wanted to taste uh, was in Reed City, Michigan, uh, which is about a six-hour drive. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I got in the car. I love long car rides. Um, love listen to podcasts uh, just like all the podcasts that we're putting out here this week. Um so it was nice to to go out there, uh taste this special beer. And I brought a few crowlers back. And this uh blueberry wheat ale is one of the crowlers that made it back to Wisconsin with me. So uh not very not overly fruity. I'm gonna take another sip. Very nice. Uh it's not overly fruity. It's uh, more more wheat forward. Um You know, not not too many hops in there, but it just has the hint of fruit. Uh, If I thought ahead and got some blueberries, you know, I could pour this in a nice ice-cold glass with some frozen blueberries. That might be pretty fun. Um, But instead, I'm just going to enjoy it while talking to you folks about the pro baseball experience. Um, So, yeah, let's catch up a little bit. So, like I said, it's been since since September since I've recorded a podcast. A lot of stuff has uh, has happened since then. Um, The... Um, season 19 playoffs. Uh, obviously, we had season 20, and we're just now wrapping up season 21 uh, with the Death Valley Scorpions uh, beating the Cancun Toros uh, for their X title. Let's see, what is this? One, two, three, four, like seventh overall title. Uh, they won season 20, they won in season 21, uh, and everybody else in the league is trying to take them down. Uh, one of the reasons that I have not done a solo pod. Uh, the drinkies cast here lately is I've been actually guesting on some other podcasts here in the pro baseball experience. Um, I, pardon me, uh, rabbit and I got together and did a Pazcast cast, um, with Pazuzu, um, a couple, probably about a month or two ago at this point, that was pretty fun. Uh, I was invited to be the, uh, skyfish replacement for the, uh, hummus god pod, uh, fantasy draft. Um, which was a, a good time that was going to be here for uh, season 21 and actually let's go ahead and take a look at the results there let's see i know i did not win but let's see how close i got uh, so for those of you who might not have listened to that episode uh, essentially what we did is hopped on a podcast together uh, talked about our different draft boards uh, went through and drafted snake style uh, just like we would do on the forum uh, except we did it in an audio medium uh, everybody got a little bit of money from that, which was fun, and it was much easier and much quicker than doing it on the forum. Uh, <laughs> the reason I stopped doing fantasy a, a number of years ago, uh, before we um, kind of changed up how you had to do it, is I just did not like the whole process of doing it on the forum. Uh, it was tedious. You know, you you make your pick, and then you have to tag the next person on the forum. Uh, You have to go ahead and find them on Discord. You have to send them a PM. I forget what the exact rules were, but I have a distinct memory uh, back there in season nine, my first year in the league, uh, when uh, Casey Colby, who uh, is, you know, actually the reason that this podcast is here today, uh, he sponsored my first episode uh, with the charity auction, uh, had me drink a Not Your Father's Root Beer and uh, record some stuff about the pro baseball experience, uh, I remember my first interaction with him uh, was him getting pretty upset that I had not properly tagged him next on the forum uh, for his fantasy draft pick. And uh, for those of you who have spent some time around Colby, you can kind of uh, <laughs> guess what that experience was like. Um, but lo and behold, I uh, it was ingrained in me after that. I had to make sure to tag everybody so they could get their picks in. And I, I just don't like the way that it was, it was done. Um, but last year, when they said you could make your own group, Uh, Me and a couple of Providence Crabs people uh, went through and did a draft uh, just on Discord, which was great. Went a whole lot faster and easier. And then, of course, with the fantasy cast, uh, it was great because I got to talk to these guys, got to be a guest on a podcast. Um, That was myself, uh, Brainchild had the second pick, Hummus God right there in the middle, uh, BJ Bren, and of course, uh, the famous 209 Tacos uh, there on the end. Um, my draftees, let's see, I went with, uh, Elliot over with the Death Valley Scorpions. Uh, that turned out to be a pretty good pick. Uh, Eric Rivers, uh, had struggled a little bit there in the on-base department, but did get 25 stolen bases for me. Uh, RJ Menard, much better, uh, 47 steals, uh, 410 on base, um, scored, you know, 75 runs and, uh, Speedy Gonzalez. I could not quit those, uh, New York Voyagers with my batters. Uh, on the pitching side, this is where I really struggled. Uh, Harry Styles had a great season back in season 20. Uh, not quite as great here in season 21. Uh, had an ERA in the mid uh, 4.5 range. Uh, Grover Wokenfoos, uh, 10 wins, uh, 3.8 ERA. Uh, didn't quite do as good as I think he wanted to this year. Um, although when you look at the strikeouts, that's he was led my team uh, with 185. Uh, for the relief pitching, I uh, went with Shower Handle, uh, formerly of the Crabs. He got traded to the Cancun Toros midseason, uh, ended up with 22 saves plus holds. And uh, I went with myself for the final pitching pick uh, 12 wins, 113 strikeouts, 369 ERA, uh, no saves and holds. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about my season later here in the pod. Uh, in the end, uh, amongst the group, I placed fourth. <laughs> so first overall pick, I whiffed on those uh, pitching categories for the most part and uh, did not did not come up um, very good there. Um, I got second in slugging, uh, first in strikeouts, um, middle of the pack in saves plus holds. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was not a great season for me. Uh, brainchild got first place for that. Uh, B.J. Bren second. Thomas God third, myself and fourth, and 209 Tacos uh, bringing up the rear. So uh, I assume that we'll be doing something like that again. Uh, so if that sounds at all interesting to you, feel free to tune in. Uh, it was a lot of fun to record with those folks. Um, and also to get my my podcast uh, podcast work in, actually this week uh, I was on Kit Calls, number five. Uh, so it was myself, uh, Awesome, Emmy, and Dren. Um, and it was great to be a guest on there. Um We talked a little bit about uh, the upcoming draft. Uh, We fielded some questions, uh, talked about some draftees, got to hear a little bit more about Awesome's player, Linus Riverboat. Um, I I really enjoy Awesome's podcast. I enjoy uh, Emmy's podcast. And so it was nice for all of us to get on there. Uh, That was published here on Monday. And uh, that brings us to today uh, when I'm recording uh, this episode of Drinkies Cast. So I haven't been doing much content myself, like I said, I've been doing some guest stars, but another thing that I've been up to recently in the podcast realm is the PBE Podcast Network. So I think it was after I recorded my most recent episode that I actually put this together. And uh, if you've heard me on a podcast since then, I'm sure this is all old news. Uh, this is something that's been around for about a month or so. Uh, so essentially what it is, is a way for all of our podcasts to be on the same feed. And so folks don't have to subscribe to anchor. They don't have to download uh, SoundCloud, They don't have to do the YouTube premium, you know, all these different areas where our podcasts are uh, essentially makes it a one-stop shop. The PBE podcast network, you can just subscribe to one feed, put it on Spotify or, um, Stitcher or whatever your preferred, um, podcast, uh, network is and you'll get all of the, uh, the PBE goodness there uh, through that feed. Um, it, it's gone pretty well so far. Uh, our first episode, let me see what the first episode I actually published on here was. Yeah, I think it was kind of mid-September. Uh, I went through and backdated a couple of the early ones, but since uh, we started putting uh, these podcasts on the main feed, uh, we've got 707 total plays uh, in the past couple of months, uh, 22 unique listeners in the last seven days. That's that's pretty darn good. Uh, I see a lot of statistics here for uh, all the different episodes that have been pretty popular. Uh, Super TARDIS and Edo, ESO always get a lot of listens, uh, 32 plays for them uh, for Um, That podcast, Raptors Rundown, episode 11, got 36 plays a couple weeks later. Most of our listeners coming from the United States, a few folks in Austria and the United Kingdom, uh, got a lot of different statistics here about um, listening platforms, breakdowns. A lot of people use Spotify. Some people use Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm pretty happy with how it's going. Uh, We now, since uh, Emmy was able to get some royalty-free music, uh, we now have all of the... uh, Kit Kat or um, the Rune Rambles, uh, Kit calls everything going forward. Uh, Emmy was the the last um, podcaster that we we got here set up with the network. Um, so yeah, if you enjoy podcasts and for some reason have not heard about this yet, uh, hit me up on Discord or uh, just go to Anchor.fm slash what is it? I should know this PBE podcasts. Anchor.fm slash PBE podcasts. Nope. Jesus, why do I not know what the thing is? Public site, here we go. Okay, anchor.fm slash PBE hyphen podcast hyphen network. If I uh, was a super good podcaster and I edited these things at all, I would go back and edit that, but I'm not, so here we go. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the, the podcasting things that I've been up to recently. Uh, outside of that, since we last had an opportunity to talk, um, I have signed with the Vandals. So I, I spent a season with the Providence Krabs, um, which was uh, w- which was fun. There were some good good folks in that locker room. Uh, didn't exactly end how I wanted it to. Uh, we choked real hard in the first round of the playoffs. Um, I there was some miscommunication where I did not have the role that I was expecting to have. Um, It was a role that I would have been okay with, but uh, there was just no communication there. And so I felt kind of slighted uh, sitting on the bench as one of the best performing uh, Providence crabs players uh, for the season. Um, But you know, that happened. The past is the past. Uh, I'm over it at this point, Um, but I finally left the Eastern division and signed with the Vancouver Vandals. Uh, So I signed a a two year deal. Uh, The second was a mutual option, eight and a half million per season. to join their pitching staff. Uh, AJ is the general manager. He was the co-GM at the time, um, but he has since transitioned to uh, the full-fledged general manager. He and I talked uh, right away in the offseason. You know, I was looking for a team with a, a good locker room, as I always do, uh, a team who had a shot at going to the playoffs, and a team who would uh, just kind of be upfront with me. You know, I didn't, I didn't want another a uh, situation like we had slipping through the cracks there in Providence. Uh, I wanted to know what my role was, uh, if that was going to change. I wanted you know proper communication and uh, just a shot at going to the playoffs since uh, J.A. Jabs does not have a ring yet. And I'm happy with, with my decision uh, to sign with Vancouver, even though it didn't quite end how we wanted it to this year. Uh, I made the starting rotation. Uh, they had me slotted in at the number four spot, even though I was coming up against regression. And uh, I, I just kind of ran with it. Um, you know, we had, uh, some, some defensive troubles, you know, some of our big starting pitchers, uh, Brent Lamieux and, uh, Austin Bentley, uh, struggled a little bit, uh, towards the beginning of the season. Um, Jose 43, uh, was a last minute addition there in spring training. Uh, my former teammate there with the Providence crabs, the crabs cut it all down, man. And they, they went for a full on rebuild. Um, new leadership there uh, with Leifer stepping down. Uh, Hoppy, great guy um, out there at the hem- helm there as well with Philip Pryor. So uh, Jose43 came over to the Vandals, and then we kind of had a, a log jam there in the starting rotation. Um, you know, we uh, decided uh, Justin Ripsbad would go to the bullpen, uh, where he absolutely killed it this year. Uh, if I can just pull up his relief pitching statistics so he was uh, our, our one of our best pitchers by far out there in the bullpen um, up until the trade deadline where he was uh, 48 innings, a 244 ERA, uh, three saves, three wins, 34 games appeared in uh, 50 strikeouts uh, in 48 innings, uh, you know, averaging about a, a strikeout per inning. Uh, and then when we traded uh, Brent Lamu in the to the boys Raptors at the trade deadline, uh, he slid into the rotation and he did pretty darn good. Just as good there. Uh, three, six, four ERA, um, 10, 10 games started three more wins, uh, 66 innings, and, uh, also had, you know, about 57 strikeouts there. So, uh, his final line, he was worth 1.6 war, but if you just look at that, that's, uh, that does not do him justice, what he was able to do out of the bullpen, um, for, for this year. And, um, yeah, he really, really helped us out with, uh, the flexibility um, I know that he wasn't expecting to be in the bullpen, and I know it was kind of my fault that you know sent him out there, um, with how passionate I was about getting one last year. here as a starter, um, but he came through for us, and he did awesome. And um, he's a big reason that we were in the conversation towards the end of the season. Um, you know, Jose forty-three ended the year uh, pretty darn great, uh, fifteen wins, uh, mid threes ERA. <laughs> um Austin Bentley had had turned it around you know he was sitting around you know the the mid 5s for a while uh, got his ERA down to 4.66 six, uh, finished the season with 9 wins and like i said we traded uh Brent Lamieux, who would have to have left via free agency uh, after the season so uh Brent of course is uh, heavily involved with our um our management team uh, he was our GM for for the first half of the season uh, it was kind of his, I don't want to say dying wish because he's still around, of course. But you know, his player's uh, dying wish with the vandals was to be traded uh, to help get some future value back as we kind of go towards this, you know, we with the cap situation, we kind of need to retool. We need to keep in mind um, you know future prospects and picks. and a lot of folks are in regression, myself included. and this this balancing act in order to continue to bring, um, you know, postseason appearances to the Vancouver Vandals, which mm-hmm. honestly getting to the playoffs is the the number one priority. Um, I know there's the storylines and, and everything about how the Vandals can't perform in the playoffs. You know, there's talk of curses and all those other things, you know, losing uh, so many playoff appearances, you know, not making or not winning the world series, um, you know, since their big dynasty back in the day. But uh, when it all comes down to it, all I want to do is make the playoffs. The, uh, the series are so short, um, it's such a crapshoot. You know, you play 108 games uh, to determine who the handful best teams are. And then you play, you know, 20 games or whatever the situation is to actually crown the champion. Uh, so um, I don't buy into the the postseason curse, any of that garbage. Uh, I just want to make the playoffs uh, this year. Unfortunately, the Vancouver Vandals did not make the playoffs. Uh, we were in the conversation until the last the second to last sim of the season. Uh, essentially, the last sim of the season because that final sim on Friday, uh, Saturday was only two games in actuality. Uh, the way that the sims worked this year is we had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was the bulk of the games, and then on Friday or Saturdays is when we did prime time. I liked having. I, I liked having all the games on prime time and not really losing some of those background games. Uh, I liked seeing more games on Wednesday, you know, the hybrid of the minor leagues and the major leagues there on Wednesday night, which, you know, if folks don't want to turn, tune into the minor leagues or, or whatever the situation is. Um, you know, they get the exposure there um, by buddying up with the majors on Wednesday. I think it worked out pretty, pretty darn well. Uh, the one thing that I didn't care for too much is how wonky the schedule worked you know, I kind of liked it when it was nice, nice and neat and tidy. You had four games against this team, a couple off days, four games against this team, a couple more off days. The way that the schedule was this year, and I'm just going to pull it up here real quick. Uh, so the Vandals schedule towards the end of the season. Actually, let's go, uh, let's go August to, to September. So, uh, August 19th, two games at Providence, uh, two off days, four games at Detroit, two off days, two, ga- uh, two games against Sarasota. Uh, one is a home game. The another is an, an away game. Uh, a couple more off days, two games against Indianapolis, again, splitting the home and away. A couple more off days, two games against New Orleans, a couple more games against the the New York Voyagers, Cancun, like a lot of, a lot of two games, a lot of um, splits home and away. And then, you know, towards the end of the season, we had four straight tough matchups against the Death Valley Scorpions, four straight against the San Antonio Sloths, a little bit of uh, relief there with the Providence Crabs. And then we finished uh, with a three game set uh, against the Detroit Demons. So not quite as tidy. I mean, it worked out in the end. Everybody's played the same amount of games, but it was kind of a, it was kind of a struggle, like every sim checking in and having to look at winning percentage like it, it reminded me of. Uh, the real life MLB this year when you had uh, teams getting hit with coronavirus and had to sit out all of these games. And so you're looking at the standings and you're like, okay, well, we're two games back, but somehow we've played 10 more games than our opponents and uh, they have three more losses than us or whatever the situation is. That's a little bit of hyperbole, but uh, I don't know. It it, it was just a little weird to me. I don't know how it impacted the trade deadline. I don't know if – if we had the same amount of games as everybody else leading up to the trade deadline, I don't know if, you know, certain people had uh, more games after the trade deadline. So they were able to, you know, play as the true team that they were going to go to the playoffs as for, for more time. Um, you know, if Brent lamieux had, could have made a couple more starts for us or, or whatever the situation was, um, it was, it was a little bit of a weird year. Uh, and of course it didn't quite end up how we wanted, but um, we were in the conversation until the very end, uh, the boys Raptors who, I have uh, joked about and, you know, had a, a rivalry with for my my entire career. Uh, J.A. Jabs hates the, the purple demons, as he calls them uh, <laughs> there in the Discord, uh, the in-person or in-character locker room. Uh, it was tough to see the boys Raptors make it uh, instead of us, but at the end of the day, they were they were the better team. Uh, 63 wins for them, 58 wins for the, the Vancouver Vandals. Uh, they had a nice upset, actually. Um, looking at their schedule again. Where did the schedule go? Um, yeah, so they beat the San Antonio's loss. Uh, they, they upset them and uh, went on to lose, unfortunately, against the Death Valley Scorpions. But uh, Brent got, uh, got his opportunity to get some some positive value back for the Vancouver Vandals. Uh, he signed an extension right afterwards. And uh, in the end, I'm happy about how the season went. Uh, my, my player was able to stick in the starting rotation for, for the entire season, Uh, Rack up some more stats for the career numbers that I'm chasing. Uh, My final line, 26 games started, 12 wins, 369 ERA. Um, Only 113 strikeouts this year, which is one of the worst uh, marks that I've had in that category in a long, long time. Uh, I didn't give up, you know, a ton of runs throughout the year. um, But I, you know, I wasn't striking guys out either, which is why my war kind of dipped there towards the end. Uh, 2.9 war. Uh, walks for nine innings 1.57 did not lead the league in that category again this year uh, something that I've done many times before but kept it kept it respectable throughout the season Um, and the the big personal news uh, as far as that goes is I am going to be changing positions another sip here of this small town big beer blueberry wheat So yes, um, so like I said, it was kind of a borderline case uh, when I was in regression, if I would stick in the rotation this year, but going into next year, uh, the only way that I can kind of keep my builds how I want it to be, you know, maxing out that circle change, maxing out control, uh, you know, trying to to keep the walks down and continue whatever sim luck that I've had for my entire career, Uh, because anytime that I do a simulation, uh, the the sim basically tells me that I should be two runs worse than I am. Um, so my, the only way for me to kind of keep those numbers up in my opinion is to switch to the bullpen. I can drop a pitch. Uh, I can keep my control maxed, uh, I can kind of keep the movement where I want it to be. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, it works out nicely with the, the Vancouver vandals and their needs for next year. Um, I know that technically at the moment, I'm a free agent. We declined my mutual option. And so, you know, a couple teams are hitting me up here on discord asking if I'll join their bullpen. Uh, I do already have a, a handshake agreement with Vancouver to go back for the minimum after my, um, after my regression is done. Uh, so I'm going to be in the bullpen with Colby kid there uh, this off season. Uh, I'm going to be dropping the, dropping the screw ball. So I'll be uh, my best pitches in order will be circle change curve ball. And then the obligatory sinker dropping the stamina down, um, you know, one thing that I found throughout my career is if you have the control, you don't necessarily need the stamina. So I, I limit pitches um, throughout uh, the game, uh, which allows me to uh, go longer and, you know, have less recovery between starts, between appearances. So I'm not too worried about the the stamina. I'll, I'll probably bump it up throughout the season. But um, I'm actually going to gain a mile per hour, I think, because the the floor for uh, the control freak uh, relief pitcher arc has uh, a higher stamina than the floor for the starting pitcher arc. Um, so that'll be kind of fun. I'm excited. You know, it's, uh, it's something that I, I knew that I was going to do eventually. I uh, didn't exactly know when I was going to be switching to the bullpen, but I'm excited to, to help out the team that way. I'm excited to, you know, maybe rack up a couple of more wins uh, there in the stopper role. I'm excited to, you know, Make sure that uh, Justin Ripsbad gets an entire season in the starting rotation, which he definitely deserves. And, um, you know, just just kind of keep hanging around and supporting this team. Uh, it's been a really fun locker room. Um, it's it's one of the best locker rooms that I've been in. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be invited to the war room. And so I kind of get an, an inside scoop on some of the different things that are, are going on there with the future of the Vancouver Randles, which really makes me feel feel good, makes me feel appreciated. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly where the rest of my career is going to go. You know, after season 22, my first uh, year back in the bullpen, that might be it. I, or I might play another season or two, um, depending on how the numbers go. Um, you know, Jay Jabs is 36 years old. He'll be 37 next year, uh, winded down there towards the end of the career. Uh, But the one thing I know for certain is I will not be a starting pitcher anymore. And uh, speaking of not starting, uh, I, I, I put kind of a big, big deal, big emphasis on my final, the final start of my career. Um, you, you folks know that I love uh, writing different media posts. I love building out the story for my player, um, the, the different experiences and kind of the, the trajectory of what they're doing. Uh, I think building the story, kind of role-playing like this is is one of the most fun parts about the pro baseball experience. So I wrote a media post ahead of time uh, saying that my final start uh, against Detroit uh, was going to be the last start of my career. And the start went pretty darn good. Uh, The Detroit Demons, uh, it was our final game of the season, and I pitched a complete game shutout. Uh, So nine innings, uh, no runs given up, uh, only gave up two hits did not walk anybody which was pretty great uh eight strikeouts game score of 91 and uh, the vandals were able to to get a run and and support me in that way and uh even though uh the vandals only got four hits they were able to squeeze across a run and we won the last game of the season my last uh start of my career um so it, it was pretty cool it honestly like I I freaked out a little bit when i when I saw the box score um the game immediately before that, uh, Jabs gave up a ton of runs—six runs in two and two-thirds. I got some revenge for some bad talking against the Providence Crabs, um, and they—they they absolutely lit me up. Uh, which, you know, good for them. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that they were able to, uh, to to get some runs and get some revenge with the the way that I pieced out of that locker room. Uh, but I, it felt especially good to, you know, finish my career as a starter with a great game against the Detroit Demons. So. Um, with that, uh, we're going to take a little breather here and then transition to the minor leagues. Uh, this is Drinkies Cast with J.A. Jabs. We'll be back in a second. Welcome back to Drinkies Cast with J.A. Jabs. I'm your host, Justin Jabs, enjoying a Reed City Brewing Company 16 ounce crawler of the blueberry wheat. Um, Canned on October 23rd. Uh, It's got a 6% ABV. Um, Pretty good. I like it a lot. Reed City Brewing Company, Michigan, 49677. So we spent the first half of the show talking about uh, the podcast network, uh, kind of what's been going on in my career on the major league level uh, since I last did a podcast. Uh, But honestly, this entire thing has been severely burying the lead. Um, because there's some great news on the minor league level. Uh, the State College Swift Steeds are minor league champions. I was uh, fortunate enough to become involved with the Swifties uh, since we did the last podcast. Um, I'm joined the uh, three-headed monster of the front office there um, with Beaver, who is an absolute legend uh, in the the minor leagues uh, in terms of leadership and, and development and, and mm-hmm. other great stuff like that. Uh, he is our head GM. Uh, I am Slim Twenty Two. Uh, my first uh, general manager back in the Florida Space Rangers days. Uh, he is our director of scouting. And um, after a little bit of drama, where he was supposed to be the co GM, but the head office uh, decided that he was not a great fit for that. Uh, you know, didn't want him in that role uh, for for their reasons, which they, has been laid out in the media. And I don't want to you know relitigate. Uh, there was an opening for the co GM. Uh, so Beaver put it out there. Uh, you know, wasn't looking for a whole lot. Um, necessarily, just looking for someone who wanted to learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, what it takes to succeed in the minors, what it takes to have a leadership position here in the pro baseball experience. Uh, I knew that it would be working with Beaver, and I knew it would be, would be working with Slim, and I I applied, and uh, Beaver was impressed with you know the ideas and the the, the thoughts that I had, and he named me the co GM uh, a couple months ago, right before it was actually right during the season twenty playoffs. Um, So, season 21, uh, the season we just finished up, was my first full season uh, with the State College Swift Steeds, and I gotta say, guys, I am having an absolute blast. Uh, This is a ton of fun, Uh, it's such a great uh, locker room, it's been such a great experience uh, working there with Beaver and Slim and and everybody else who's uh, there involved with the State College Swift Steeds, and it ultimately ended up with a championship. Um, we, We won the Minor League World Series against the San Bernardino 66ers now before we dive into that let's let's kind of start from the the very beginning as i pull up uh, the index here so let me take another sip here as well all right state college swift steeds um we uh, hit the ground running, honestly. Uh, we were working on the the draft uh, there to start uh, for Season 21. Uh, Slim took the, the lead on this. Uh, this is something that he's, he's really great at, identifying uh, key players, uh, users that are going to stick around a little while, uh, users that are going to be positive influences in the locker room. Um, so he took the lead in sending out all of our questionnaires to all the potential draftees. And then in that war room, uh, which includes Beaver, Slim, myself, uh, as well as uh, Danny B and Taco Shop, uh, who were two folks who were interested in the co-GM vacancy um, before Bieber ultimately decided to bring me on uh, for the team. Um, all of us together uh, kind of did this draft. And so uh, we're really happy with how the 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 first draft uh, there in season twenty one turned out. Uh, I'm gonna pull this up here in just a second. Here we go. Season 21, minor league draft, location, Happy's Vent, date, Saturday, September 26th, 2020. Uh, so here are the players that we brought in. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Benito Alomar, Crazy Katie Cat. Uh, this is a, a player that we we're very, very excited to get into the fold. Uh, somebody who really enjoys writing, really loves building out a story, um, just like like I do, like one of my favorite things, like I just said before. Um, about the pro baseball experience is kind of creating these narratives and and creating a story for your player. Uh, Crazy Katy Cat takes that to a whole nother level. Uh, if you have not checked out uh, their stories about Benito Almar, uh, Benito's brother Javi, and kind of the the journey that they've gone through together, ultimately you know leading up to this uh, this World Series victory, you got to check it out. It's 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 so good. It's extremely well written. Um, it's a great story, and i I always look in. I always look forward to the different media uh, that Crazy Katie Cat puts out, um, just because it's high quality and it's it's very interesting. It's like you know, like reading a short story here on the Pro Baseball Experience. Uh, so we're very excited. Uh, we are very excited to get Crazy Katie Cat. Um, you know, Slim said that uh, they're going to go, you know, number one overall here in the draft coming up. Uh, he called that way back in September. Um, we'll have to see if that actually comes to fruition, but. After an entire season of the minors and a couple of team, uh, a couple of opportunities for the major league teams to evaluate Benito Alomar, uh, I think there's a darn good chance that uh, Benito goes in the first round. Uh, if they don't go in the first round, that's a shame on the league. Um, but we'll see if uh, Slim's prediction comes true. But either way, that uh, was a great user to add to our locker room and uh, a pick that we're very, very proud of. Um, at fifth overall, we picked up uh, Bergamot Lemon, which is uh, Philip Pryor's player. Uh, Bergamot had a, a great season for us. Um, you know, he bounced back from uh, infield, played a little bit of upfield for us, uh, ended up at 4.2 war, uh, which is awesome. Uh, I don't know how much uh, TPE they, they earned throughout the season, but um, playing center field, had an amazing zone rating out there. Uh, they only played in center field. I, I misspoke before. Uh, Bergamot Lemon has experience at shortstop, uh, but played center for us uh, through and through. Uh, finished the season over 300 average, uh, 21 stolen bases, uh, and was was absolutely clutch for us on defense. And I think that the range out there is one of the reasons that they were so <laughs> successful this year. Um, Philip Pryor is a, a veteran of uh, of Sim Leagues. Um, you know, the, the GM of the Providence Crabs uh, up there with Hoppy right now. So uh, just a solid user and a, a solid pick there at number five overall. Uh, dropping down at number 13, uh, Esteban Rodriguez Jr., uh, this was the easiest to scout uh, <laughs> because this was the pick that was designated to us. Um, you know, we, I guess because Slim wasn't technically the co-GM, we didn't need to pick them right here. Um, but uh, the other minor leaguers were were kind enough to to let us, um, let us select Slim here in the second round, just like uh, Bieber would have if uh, Slim had been the co-GM. Um, so picked up Esteban Rodriguez Jr. Um, he has really big, ho- sho- big shoes to fill um, You know, his dad was one of the b- best pitchers in pro baseball experience history, and so we'll see how uh, Espan Rodriguez Jr. comes along, but uh, that was our second-round pick. Uh, moving down, uh, Alili Keok, uh Grant. Um, Grant wasn't quite around as as much as we would have loved this year. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but, um, you know, not, not too active there in the locker room. I don't know if technically he is—I think he might technically be inactive, but— um, we, we used his player for, for, you know, for what we could this year. Um, he, you know, he played a handful of games there early in the season, uh, batted uh, 341 uh, with about a 500 slugging percentage. Um, ultimately, decided to uh, to mix in some different folks there, um, you know, towards the end of the season. But um, we'll see if they, they come back around. But if not, that's a, you know, a decent IA bat for us um, for the next couple of years. Uh, Cletus Bojangle double doinks. That uh, was our next pick. Let's bring up what Cletus did this year. Where did Cletus go? Oh. Interesting. I'm not seeing them here on the uh, on the index. I could have sworn that they were they were still sticking around for us. Um, got another uh, starting pitcher that got went active towards the bottom there. Um, you know, it's 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 tough there with the miners just because you don't have now you don't have too long to to scout these folks. Um, so we we had a couple of hits there towards the top of the draft. Um, but ultimately, what I think we really did a great job with um, was some of the the waiver wire pickups that we got later in the season. Here we go. Yeah. Nico Baldelli, we picked up, had an absolutely great season, almost went undefeated. Uh, Nico was a pickup for us very early, ended up starting 25 games, uh, won 12 games, uh, only one loss throughout the season, uh, three wins above replacement. Um, Another person that we picked up was uh, Jaden Preston. Um, Jaden, I believe, also went inactive, which was kind of a bummer. But um, Jaden, as the the player, played 76 games for us, um, hit 289, uh, appeared in the All-Star game, uh, which was a lot of fun for them. Um, But really, what came down to our success, um, we had some great pitching, but we had some amazing batters. A a lot of MVP candidates, if you ask me. Um, I won't divulge exactly what my ballot was this year. I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to vote this year. That's the first time I've ever voted for anything here in the pro baseball experience, uh, even if it is down in the minors. But uh, Haywood Dinkle, uh, five and a half wins uh, this season while playing some great defense over there at third base. Uh, Danny B almost had uh, hit five on the war scale. Uh, He had 4.9. And um, Manoka (laughs) Hakahaka, Alex F's player, uh, crushed some doubles records. Uh, He hit uh, 327 with a 5.11 slugging percentage. Uh, Brendan McCollum uh, hit 25 home runs, which nearly led the team, um, you know, just behind uh, Haywood Dinkle. And, of course, uh, our MVP, I think this is the MVP, I would say, uh, is Dom Drozdov. I'm pretty sure that's who I voted for, at least. I think Haywood Dinkle might have been a, a close second. Um, 100 games, 147 hits, 33 home runs, 104 RBIs, triple slash of 349, 413, with a 6.08 slugging. 6.08 slugging. That's freaking bonkers insane. Uh, offense was great. Uh, over here on the pitching staff, uh, Esteban Rodriguez had a, had a great season um, 15 saves, Hosh Jader towards the end, 21 saves, uh, Casey Tam, uh, who was drafted by my Vancouver Vandals, a uh, solid season, 14 wins. Um, you need to calm down was our best player, uh, in terms of the pitching staff, uh, 15 and four with a three, one, seven ERA, a lot of good performances there in the bullpen. Uh, we already talked about Jake Plummer as well. Um, he's, he's, he's someone to keep an eye on for next year. I think that, uh, you know, we picked him up on waivers, um, He wanted to be a starting pitcher, but he was kind enough to go to the bullpen for us for a little bit. Um, That's going to be a a good person to keep an eye on because I'm sure we're going to have some of these folks get called up. Um, Probably you need to calm down, might be um, away from us for next season. Uh, That's Beaver's player. I'm not too sure exactly what the situation is there. But uh, yeah, we we had an awesome regular season, um, scored 587 runs and ended up winning 67 games. 670 winning percentage 67 and 33 uh, which is the all-time wins record for the minor leagues uh, you know i i can't take too much credit for this i i'm really there in the discord to help uh, help keep spirits up you know help keep folks engaged uh, beaver is the the mastermind uh, behind all of the the lineups and the roster moves and and um you know slim gives a, a lot of direction in terms of you know who to grab off waivers and you know who to draft and things like that um, it is it is a really good collaboration. I feel like we all have an opportunity to kind of say our mind and and um, speak our truths and, you know, figure out what's best for the team. But, um, yeah, it's I could not imagine, you know, my first uh, first co-GM job uh, to go ahead and break a wins record like that. So uh, hats off to all the players who actually updated and performed. Hats off to, uh, to Beaver for leading the ship. Um, But it was an amazing season, uh, an amazing regular season, capped off by an incredible postseason. Uh, Speaking of the postseason, let's pull up that postseason schedule. So after winning 67 games, most all time for uh, a minor league regular season, Uh, We did not lose a game in the entire freaking playoffs, which was amazing. Uh, First uh, series is a best of five against the Chicago Kingpins. Uh, We won game one, three to one. Uh, Game two was six to five and game three was 11 to two. Uh, Absolutely destroyed them for that last game. Uh, 20 hits for the state college swift steeds. Uh, We only gave up three hits on the other side. Oh, man, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's you, you, you try to try to have, uh you know, try to have swagger, try to get excited about the uh, the performances that you do uh, while at the same time not necessarily putting another team down. You know, we're all here to have fun and uh, I'm not here to to make fun of anyone or, you know, to, to revel too much in somebody else's misfortune. But that last game was so much fun to watch. I love pouring over that box score at the end. Uh, Jaden Preston, the aforementioned Preston. Uh, hit 500 in the series and was named the uh, the series MVP for that first round. Uh, we were sitting pretty on Tuesday. Felt really, really good. Uh, Thursday was a bit of a tougher battle. Uh, this is only, I think Bieber said this is the only the second time in uh, Miner's history that two teams have won 60-plus games. Well, the other team that won 60-plus games, in addition to our 67, was the San Bernardino 66ers who ultimately was our uh, matchup uh, for um, the, the World Series. Uh, they won 60, 61 games, uh, scored 582 runs. Um, you know, when I was on kick calls and they were asking asking about, uh, Emmy asked, you know, who besides your team uh, do you think would be uh, the minor league champion? And the 66ers, I, it, you know, it's it's easy just picking the s- next highest win total. Uh, but honestly, the 66ers had an amazing season. Uh, Crowbar Thieks. Uh, I think is uh, should be considered for some you know down the ballot MVP honors. Uh, 367, 430, 555 for their triple slash, 20 home runs. Uh, Linus Riverboat, uh, the aforementioned, awesome uh, had a great season. Really great on defense. Uh, they're a, a perfect Gold Glove candidate. Matthew Lane had an insane season. Uh, more than five wins, um, and they had some good p- pitching staff performances. Uh, we match up with them for the World Series. The first two games were. Absolutely close. Uh, Game one was a uh, (laughs) a bloodbath for these starting pitchers. Uh, Both starting pitchers gave up five runs. Uh, Daly over there for the 66ers lasted three innings, but they gave up three home runs. Uh, Casey Tam was chased early. Uh, Only got four outs, uh, gave up five runs, struck out two, and it was up to the bullpens from there. Uh, We went back and forth. Uh, You know, we scored three runs in the bottom of the fourth. They scored three runs in the top of the seventh. Uh, You know, in the eighth and the ninth, we came back to tie it in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, bottom of the tenth walked it off. Um, Bergamot Lemon uh, had a huge game for us there. Um, Yeah, this one could have gone either way. It happened to go ours in extra innings. Uh, These were quick sims, by the way, so they pressed a button and we just had to look and see what happened, (laughs) which was kind of uh, kind of crazy. Um, You know, we were all gathered there in the locker room um, sharing pictures of whatever we were drinking, um, chatting it up, you know, getting hyped uh, there with uh, the State College Swift Seeds players and also the alumni who were able to uh, swing by. Um, It was it was an electric atmosphere as electric as a chat room could be. Uh, Game two also went our way, also very, very, very close. Um, The State College Swift Steeds had a lot of hits. Uh, We got a lot of men on base but didn't quite convert too many of them, Uh, scored a run in the bottom of the third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, The 66ers were held only to three hits. Um, You Need to Calm Down uh, went five and a third, and Hader came in uh, towards the end for a multi-inning save. Um, no walks given up um, by uh, Leather Shoe and by Hayter there towards the late inning. So no free passes, which was pretty great. Uh, we barely squeaked this one out three to two. Um, so very close again. Uh, the San Bernardino 66ers, they had some opportunities, couldn't quite cash them in uh, quite as much as, uh, as we were able to. Um, it, it was a tough one, but you know, we, we felt pretty good going into game three with a two, nothing lead. Uh, The series at that point switched over to San Bernardino. So our previous home field advantage, uh, for whatever that is worth, uh, was evaporated. Uh, We had an off day uh, there after Game 2. And going into Game 3, the pitching matchup was Remy Ratatouille against Max Miller. Now, Max Miller was a guy, and you can go back and play the tape from Kit Calls, Max Miller was a guy that I was scared of going into the season. Um, they were right up there towards the top of the rotation, and they were hot coming into the season. Three seven four ERA, ten wins over twenty five starts. Um, they were on fire. They have an amazing changeup, eighty on the one to one hundred scale. And uh, this this was going to be a tough matchup. Max Miller went six innings, gave up one run, struck out seven. Uh, Remy Ratatouille struggled a little bit. Um, only gave up two runs, but could not finish the fourth inning. Uh, in the end, we we outlasted them in this one. Uh, there was a, a late comeback in the eighth inning. Uh, we scored uh, three in the top of the eighth uh, to win the game four to two. Uh, Esteban Rodriguez, I remember watching him on the mound. This is one that we actually got to watch live on stream, which was awesome. Um, got the win, stuck around to, to nail it down. Uh, went three innings by only giving up two runs. Uh, and we were leading the series three to nothing at this point. Uh, <laughs> There's a, a lot of good smack talk going in the chat. I remember uh, during this game, um, not not our Swifties chat, but in the actual like Twitch chat. Uh, Crazy Katie cat was uh, letting the 66ers have it. Uh, awesome was was firing back with some fun jokes. Um, it was all in good fun. And it was it was kind of fun to hear. You know, after Max had the super podcast with like 10 people on it, including Hop- Hoppy and Awesome and a bunch of other 66ers uh, talking about smack talk. And it's all in good fun and it helps uh, helps with the role play, helps build out the story, helps, you know, dive deeper into this universe. Uh, it was a lot of fun watching uh, Awesome and everybody else, you know, paying 100 channel points to highlight their message, you know, talking smack about the Swifties or the 66ers and vice versa. Uh, in the end, though, we we were able to sweep. Uh, the first two games were a lot closer than they looked, um, you know, on paper. Third game, we had the late ending comeback that could have very easily have been the 66ers game. Uh, the fourth game was probably the the most lopsided. Uh, the six uh, the State College Steeds scored six runs in the top of the fourth and went on to win eleven to four. Uh, almost everybody in the lineup got got an RBI. Uh, Dom Drozdov, our MVP, uh, who was rumored to be starting one of these games. Uh, we, there was some joke uh, in the chat there. Uh, we were petitioning the commissioner to let uh, Dom pitch. Dom ultimately went out to right field, uh, collected three RBIs, uh, most on the team for that game. Uh, Haka Haka and uh, Lemon also got two RBIs. Uh, the pitching, um, you know, it was, it was going to be a bullpen game, but Nico Baldelli, oh, man, Nico came in four and a third, three hits, zero runs, and Leather Shoe. Uh, with the the game still kind of lopsided there towards the end, uh, had that, got those final outs. Um, we roughed up uh, Daly. Uh, Daily gave up five runs. Uh, left nuts came in there at the end uh, just to try to hold the damage. Uh, the player of the game was uh, Dom Drozdov, and uh, after a historic regular season, uh, we swept in the playoffs. And it was so much fun. Uh, you know, big, big hats off to the the sixty sixers. I know that they've had some uh, some bad luck here in the the finals for the last couple of seasons. Uh, those folks were had a lot of class, you know, Max and Shu and everybody um, over there with the 66ers uh, throughout the season, uh, throughout the series, I should say. Um, you know, I, I feel for them, but uh, of course i'm I'm happy to <laughs> to get my my first championship ring ever. Uh, you know, Jay Jabs as a player was never able to, has not yet been able to win. Uh, a, a, a postseason ring uh, down in the minors. We lost, uh, you know, we did not quite make the playoffs uh, by one game. Uh, so to be able to come in here, play a, a small role in the state college Swift Steeds success and, uh, you know, watch, watch all our kids go on to, to win there in the playoffs. It was, it was truly special and, and it, it was something else. So uh, hats off to uh, the rest of the minor leagues for a great season. Hats off to the state college Swift Seeds for, uh, for an amazing campaign. And uh yeah, Swifties are champions, so uh, I'm going to take another swig or two of this. We'll take one more break and then uh, come back uh, to get us over the hour mark. Uh, This is Drinkies Cast with J.A. Jabs. All right. Welcome back to Drinkies Cast with J.A. Jabs. Uh, We are here at the 50-minute mark. Uh, I'm trying to (laughs) squeeze out the clock there uh, so I can get my $16 uh, for this double media, double podcast bonus Halloween extravaganza uh, from our media team, you know, I need to I need to earn some money back. Uh, I I like sports betting, and uh, that's something I was able to do in um, when I lived in California. We would do a couple of visits to Reno, Nevada, uh, for the AAF and the XFL. You know, some of the uh, non NFL football games. I'm not a, I'm not a huge football fan, but I I kind of really like um, really like these, uh, these spring leagues or whatever they're called. Um, so, you know, we, we would go to, uh, to Vegas or to, uh, to Reno for a little bit, um, to, to, you know, just watch the games, hang out, um, and, and bet on, I bet on some some sports. Um, you know, I can't bet on baseball or I couldn't bet on baseball at least, you know, when I still had a job there, uh, before I got laid off. Um, but so I would always find something else to, to bet on. And, and one of my, um, Outlets for this this hobby. Could you call it a hobby? I don't think you could call it a hobby. One of my outlets for this interest uh was uh betting on uh you know the pro baseball experience. Um, there's times when the Florida Space Rangers were in the uh in the playoffs when I bet my entire year's salary. Uh what was that back in the day? Let's see. Yeah. So a couple of those years where I was making 13 million, uh, back in season 16, season 17, uh, I remember wagering 13 million on the Florida space Rangers to win the world series and they did not win the world series. Uh, so this year, uh, I won 2 million from max. Um, since these, the Swifties, uh, won in the playoffs. Um, however, Poe, Poe, Poe took some money from me. Uh, the Vancouver Vandals did not make the playoffs um, which I bet it, or I bet uh, Poe before that they would. So Poe took 1.5 million from me. Uh, I did a parlay with Poe where if on Thursday night the Swifties, the uh, Scorpions, and the New York Voyagers were to win, he would give me six million. Uh, if any of them would lose, I would pay him two million. Uh, a bit of a parlay there, and uh, the New York Voyagers had their hearts ripped out of their chest. Unfortunately, uh, for all my, my friends over there. Uh, they did not win, and so I did not win my six million. So Poe took another two million from me. Um, I have a couple of orders for some trading cards. Um, SImo has a really great shop. Uh, check this out, honestly. Go to the uh, the graphics section and go ahead and check out SIMO's uh, um, trading cards. Uh, I think they look so fresh, so crisp. Uh, I went and ordered one for every single staff of my career. You know, whenever I do retire, I think it would be really cool to have. You know, this complete set of graphics of all the different stops that I made, um, you know, from uh, Providence to New York to Florida to um, I don't know if I'll do the minor leagues. Maybe I'll do a little uh, little stop in Amarillo there, uh, but I'm going to be sending him a lot of money for those cards. So uh, I need the money to uh, to make up all these deficits uh, that I've had here uh, this week. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate uh, everybody listening here. Uh, I think to close it out, uh, I'll do just a little uh, career stat update. Um, this is very self indulgent, but that's the point of obsessing over one individual player for, you know, two IRL years. Um, so, J.A. Jabs is uh, going for a couple of his personal records. Uh, this year, to end the season, uh, finally eclipsed the 40 war mark. Uh, this is just straight war. I know F war or B war or whatever it's called is um, you know, more indicative of, of, pitcher success, but, uh, that one is not easily found on the index. So I look for the one that is easily found on the index. I'm currently at 11th all time. Uh, right up ahead of me is, uh, Mookie Banks at 42.18 and then, uh, Ryan Stryker at 43.69. Um, Philip Thompson, 43.72. Uh, and then Darold is Borkman, uh, my old GM at 45.31. Uh, I don't know if I'll make up five wins in the next uh, next couple of years, especially if I'm not this big strikeout king. Uh, not that I was ever a big strikeout guy, but you know that's usually how folks are racking up the WAR. So not sure if I'll I'll make it too much further up into the top ten uh, behind me as well. Ed Barker, Blue Line, Buster Nuts, uh, three still active, awesome pitchers who are probably going to lap me here any second. But uh, depending on how the next couple of years out, um, you know, shakeouts. Uh, it'd be fun to make the top ten and more. I feel like that would be a pretty pretty awesome accomplishment. I'm sitting there mm-hmm. at number eleven right now. Uh, the other piece that I've been following uh, is pitcher wins. Um, I I know wins don't matter. I know that there are so many other ways to evaluate pitcher performance that are much better. Uh, you know, back when I was uh, trying to be a baseball blogger in college, uh, I I just like everybody else on the freaking internet wrote you know a couple think pieces about how uh, the pitcher win doesn't matter, and we should kill the pitcher win. Uh, the one thing I do like about pitcher wins, though, is when you're looking at a career uh, perspective. Um, you know, it's it's cool to see who has the longevity to uh, be on good teams and you know rack up this particular statistic. Uh, this uh, this towards the end of this season, I passed uh, Chaz Laloc, uh and I am now number six all time. Uh, Jay Jabs is, I should say, number six all time on the all time wins leaderboard. Jabs has 145 wins, uh, five away from 150. Um, that's, like I said, it's number six all time. Uh, the top five, Greg Steiner, 179, Victoria's secret, 174, Guy Walker, 170, Esteban Rodriguez, 165, Elston Sinclair, 156. So yes, wins don't matter. I know, you know, you can tell me that, but if you look at that top five, that is pretty special company. And, uh, you know, if you extend it just a little bit for me to be top six, uh, for my name to even just be next to a guy like Elson Sinclair or Esteban Rodriguez, that's uh, that's pretty cool to me. So uh, depending on how many wins I can score up in relief here in the next season or two, you know, might creep up there in that 150 range. That would be pretty fun to see. Uh, another uh, statistic is strikeouts. Uh, like I said, I'm slowing down on the strikeouts. Um, this year here in regression, and I don't think it's going to get any better next season. Although maybe switching to the bullpen, there might be uh, a little bit there. Um, If I look at my Ks per nine for my career, uh, season 19, when I was traded to the New York Voyagers, um, my Ks per nine was 10.25. Season 20 uh, with the Providence Crabs, 8.77. And season 21 with the Vancouver Vandals, Mm 6.13 so that is dropping um, but i've uh, still been able to to compile some of these strikeouts uh, moving to the west i thought that the division schedules were going to be a little bit more balanced than they were but um, i guess when you added the two two extra teams you know you played a little bit more in your division so um, i had an offer to, to go to the cancun toros before i ultimately decided on the vancouver vandals um, I, i'm still happy with my decision um, although I'm sure there's some, some think pieces out there about how my career might be a little different if I was in a, a little bit easier of a division for for these last couple of years. Um, regardless, though, uh, I'm, I'm number 14 on the all-time strikeout list. Uh, Haley McConnell, who uh, just retired, is number 13. So I've got 1760. She's got 1779. Uh, Peter Dawson, who is retired, is at 1809. And then uh, there's a big jump up to uh, as Borkman at 1904. Um, so I, I I highly doubt that I'm going to make the top ten in that uh, sitting at number fourteen right now. But it would be cool to uh, to get you know near uh, Borkman, you know at least clear that 1800 threshold. Um, you know maybe get to, to number twelve uh, instead of Dawson there. Uh, right behind me for that still Ed Barker is doing awesome uh, at 1735. I'm sure he's going to lap me. Uh, Colbin Fairborn uh, is pretty deep in a regression. Uh, I don't know if uh, they're going to get m- much higher in that, but uh, yeah, so wins, war, and strikeouts is kind of the the last uh, last legs that I'm looking at in terms of um, terms of statistics for uh, for J. A. Jabs. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's gonna ju- just about do it uh, here for Drinkies Cast. I really appreciate everybody listening. Uh, these solo hour sessions are pretty darn tough. Now that I now that I've done some guest uh, guest podcasting with folks. Uh, talking to other people for an hour is nothing compared to me trying to fill an hour here. Uh, usually, you know, I was in the 30 minute range or so. Um, this is all too meta. Nobody, nobody gives a shit about what I'm saying right now, but um, I, I'm going to try to figure out Craig. I'm going to try to figure out uh, the whole discord recording thing and uh, maybe get some folks on drinkies cast. Maybe we'll, we'll share a beverage, talk about some pro baseball experience and, uh, and have a good time. Uh, anyway, Uh, Until next time, uh, this is Justin Jabs signing off uh, for Drinky's Cast. Uh, Good luck to everybody in the offseason, and we'll talk to you in Season 22. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.com dot J-C-I-N-K dot net.